Rulin Allred, was he a true or a false prophet? Talk about that next on Polygamy, What Love Is This? Several months ago, we began a series where we present teachings from the leader of the AUB polygamy group, Rulin C. Allred. His sermons have been published in a book entitled Treasures of Knowledge, Selected Discourses and Excerpts from Talks by Rulin C. Allred. Now, members of the Allred polygamy group embrace these teachings and most of them strive to live accordingly. However, most of what he taught disagrees with the Bible and cannot be labeled as treasures of knowledge. Now, we know their argument is that the Bible isn't correct, so how can you measure truth by it? But you'll note as we quote from his teachings, all read quotes from the Bible a lot. <laughs> now, if you can use the Bible to try and prove their religion is correct, we can certainly use the Bible to expose their heresies. Karen Bradshaw is here again as co-host to help us understand the all-red polygamy group dogma. She was born and raised and entered into a polygamous marriage in the all-red group. So she's familiar, Karen. Thank you for coming. And thank you, you are familiar with these and with what he taught. Yes, all of this is very familiar. I mean, I remember. And he was highly revered, speaking. right? Highly revered yes. man. Yes. Yes, he was. Considered a prophet. He was the founder of the All Red Group. That's why they named it the All Red Group. Right. Right. So we are going to begin, as we did before, quoting with some of his, from some of his sermons and then um, comparing it to what the Bible teaches. So our first sermon, our first quote is from a sermon that he preached from page seven or 94 of the book. All right. So, and I remember him saying things like this. Um, now I want to bear you my testimony as a servant of God that I know that the course that we are pursuing is acceptable to our Heavenly Father and that this work must progress and it will progress. It will increase till God's purposes in us are accomplished and we have, we have established and kept alive the fullness of the everlasting gospel which God said through Daniel would never be taken from the earth again and which God in the Doctrine and Covenants has promised us should never be taken from the earth again, and, what, and which Brigham Young has told us should never be taken from the earth again. Now, I find it interesting that all the polygamy groups refer to their own particular group as the work. kind of surprised me that when I found out that the group you were from, another polygamous group, said that because the Kingston has always referred it to as this work. Yeah. But <laughs> what work or works is it? Is it polygamy? Is it the United Order? Is it the priesthood? Is it follow the leader or all of the above? Well, it's all of the above, actually. Yeah. Now, all read appeal to the Bible, the book of Daniel, to make a point of how their work or polygamy group would never fail. So he is using the Bible to make a point, a Bible they don't trust, to confirm a teaching that's not even in the Bible. But Mormon and polygamy leaders know that their followers will not prove or disprove the accuracy of their claims. He said that God promised that he would never take the everlasting gospel from the earth again. Is that true? What does he that's mean by he again? <laughs> First, if the gospel's everlasting, how could it ever be lost? 
in the right. first place. Right. It, and if it was never taken from the earth, then it wouldn't need to come back again, right? So they yeah. claim there, there it's been gone. There didn't need to be a restoration. Yeah, right. Uh, secondly, God promised that his gospel, his word, his promises would never fail. So if they did fail and they were taken from the earth the first time, as Mormonism claims, how can we trust him to keep his word the second time? Good point. All red claims God promised he'd never take it from the earth again. Well, he promised he'd never take it from the earth the first time. So how can we trust him? If his, if his promise failed once, it can fail twice. Biblical information, of course, is that God's work and promises cannot fail, will not fail, and they never have and they never will fail. So a Mormon restoration, as you said, is a fraud and was never needed. And right. third, there's no work or works that anyone can ever do to bring eternal salvation to anyone. And you've got some quotes from Isaiah to support that. All of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are f like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. Isaiah 57, 12 says, I will expose your righteousness and your works, and they will not benefit you. So God will expose the works of the <laughs> polygamy group, and there will be no benefit to the people. He promises wow. that. There'll be no benefit. Works will not benefit the worker. You can see it right there in God's Word. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, it says, For by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It's a gift of God, not a result of works, mm -hmm. so that no one may boast. And then you've got a great I one from Titus one. to share. Yes. Um but when the goodness and loving kindness of, our, of God, our Savior, appeared, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So these focuses is not on our works, but on Jesus who is the Savior. Our works aren't the Savior. These passages have nothing good or beneficial to say about our works. Yes. Now, obviously, That's we cannot true. save ourselves by works. So all red is leading the people astray in claiming something which does not agree with what God has said. And whenever a polygamy group uses that phrase, our work, they are referring specifically to polygamy and to the United Order, a group of people who claim to earn God's favor by sharing husbands and who have adopted a false priesthood authority. These are not the biblical way to eternal life. So rejecting this teaching of Rulin Allred can be our only honest advice. Okay, we have our next quote from Mr. Allred. Okay, so don't my boys and girls thoughtlessly and carelessly and wantingly defile your bodies and lose your virtue. You can't get it back. God may forgive you, but you'll never erase it out of your mind in time or eternity. There isn't anything God has given you except your life that is as valuable as your virtue. Keep it intact. Don't be rebellious. <laughs> now, we've heard this from Mormon, the Mormon church as well as from polygamous leaders. And this is straight from the prophet's mouth. Now, it's true that the Bible teaches that sexual immorality is wrong. But most of what Allred has said here is biblically incorrect. He said, God may forgive you. 
if, if they lose their virtue, God may forgive you, which he will if you come to Jesus at the cross, but, but only if you have true repentance. But they never preach the cross as, as an answer to sin and forgiveness. And, and we cannot um, erase, he says, we can't erase the memory of losing our virtue either in this life or in eternity. Well, that depends on where you spend eternity, actually. This is what the Bible says about those who trusted Jesus Christ alone for your eternal salvation. He not only wipes out our sins through his mercy and forgiveness, but he also wipes out our memories in eternity. And we have some scriptures to back that up. I, I love this, and it's so true. It says, I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Jeremiah 31, 34 says, For I will forgive your iniquities, and I will remember them no I will remember their sins no more. Isaiah 65, 17. Behold, I will create new heaven and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. And Philippians 3, 13 and 14. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So here, forgetting is a big deal. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> we forget former things won't be remembered, Isaiah says. So all red says we'll remember losing our virtue all through eternity. God says, no, you won't. <laughs> if, if we're following him and, and going to heaven his way, the former things will not be remembered, according to Isaiah. Right. And Philippians says, forget what lies behind and strive forward toward the goal, which is Jesus. Jesus is the center of the gospel. Our sins are forgiven and forgotten. So don't just ignore what Allred said. <laughs> now, inherent in Mormon preachings is guilt and shame and mm -hmm. fear. And but, but where God says uh, forgiveness and forgetting say, uh, takes place, Mormonism says that guilty, you're guilty and don't you ever forget for it. For eternity. Right? You'll yeah. remember it for all eternity. <laughs> for, uh, of course, like we said, forgiveness comes only at the cross of Jesus Christ where his blood was shed in payment for our sins. Polygamy does not earn forgiveness of sins. We next have a quote from a sermon that he made about polygamy. <laughs> oh, this is interesting. <laughs> a virgin is a woman that is pure, whether she's married or single or has been married. Man cannot give himself a wife. They don't belong to him unless they have been given into him. It is no more unholy to have more than one wife than it is to have two. <laughs> Sorry, it is, not, it is no more unholy to have more than one wife than it is to have Two? Is that what it one. is? One. It's no more okay. to have more than one wife than yes. to have just one. Okay. <laughs> if the first gives her consent, this applies to all the world. Were, were we to marry a woman by the law of the land and not by priesthood, we have broken our covenant. We can love a woman, and if she is virtuous and holy and not belonging to another man, and the priesthood gives her to you, she is yours too. To us, wives must be given by the priesthood. Now, they talk about women as if we're oh. some kind of a sack of grain or something, you know, <laughs> to give and take back and... Cattle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and we've presented many, many programs in the past discussing the unbiblical practice of priesthood in Mormonism. And we could do so again here because polygamists rely on their presumed priesthood authority as much as Christians rely upon biblical authority 
In fact, truth to tell, their priesthood is their power and authority of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, they claim, but biblically their claims are invalid, and the Allred group relies heavily on priesthood, uh, more so than maybe some of the other and groups. And Joseph Smith pushed that too. Big time, yes. He, he annulled did. all legal marriages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> unless it was uh, performed, unless a ceremony was performed by an him. authorized person, which was him, then it wasn't a legal marriage. Mm-hmm. But that's, again, a usurping power he doesn't have. But let's look at what he said, what Allred said in this quote as it relates to polygamy. He's redefined the word virgin. I don't know if you noticed that, but we can Mm -hmm. depend on Mormonism to redefine certain words to make them fit to their own ideology. Biblically, a virgin is a woman who's never been with a man. Right. Okay. Allred says otherwise. He said purity is virginity, that even widows and married women can be virgins. (laughs) He said that it's not unholy to have more than one wife. And he said that applies to the whole world? Really? I thought they had to be under Mormon authority to do that. Now, it would be nice to see chapter and verse in the Bible where he's getting this information from. Um, But they ignore... I don't think it's there. (laughs) (laughs) It isn't there. Uh, But they ignore that God instituted monogamy as his preference for marriage. God introduced, declared, affirmed, and established only monogamy. And he blessed it. He did not do that with polygamy. Uh, And it is not holy to take multiple wives. Jesus affirmed God's design of monogamy for marriage. Jesus, the Savior, he ought to know. The Apostle Paul also stated very clearly, one woman and one man for marriage. And let's quote from 1 Corinthians. So, um, but because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. Now, the Greek language from what the New Testament is written um, expresses this statement as exclusivity. Now, they've twisted it to make it mean at least they should have at least one wife. The woman can only have one husband, that's for sure, but a woman... Uh, a man can have more than one wife. That is true. Uh, the, the, in the Greek language, it is at a restricted to one wife per man. It isn't holy to take multiple wives. So polygamy groups are in violation of the biblical restraints regarding polygamy. They are, both the Old Testament and the New. Yeah, with this scripture, I remember just how hard it was for me to, when I became a Christian, you know, to, to realize it's okay to have one, just my own husband, because mm-hmm. that was just so foreign to me. Yeah. When you're born and raised, that's all you know is what they teach yeah. you in polygamy. It is foreign to you. And so when I read that, and you're the one that introduced me to that scripture, I was like, oh my gosh, that's okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. this is kind of new to me. It, yeah. And it's kind of nice, isn't it? That oh, yeah. One man, one woman there, you, it, you don't have to share. It feels safe. Yeah. Uh, so the polygamists actually are in violation of what the Bible teaches. Yeah. Now, Allred said a wife cannot be given without the authority of the priesthood. Passing, passing the women yeah. around, like, like I said, a sack of grain. Mm-hmm. Now, they use the Bible as their basis to even have a priesthood, claiming it's been restored from the lost priesthood of the Bible. There's no many reasons why um, their priesthood is illegal, but even if it were valid, there's no validity to the idea that the priesthood must give wives to men. 
the woman's free to choose any husband she wants as long as, as, as he is single. Only Mormon polygamists proclaim that adultery is okay. Yeah. But God will never bless something he's forbidden. A man with many women is no more acceptable than a woman with many men because God does not show favoritism, and we have scriptures for that. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> so Romans 2.11 says, For God does not show favoritism in Ephesians 6 and 9, and there is no favoritism with him. James 2.9, But if you show favoritism, you, you sin and are convicted by the law as a lawbreaker. So it's just as wrong for a man to have many women as it is a woman to have many men. Yeah. God has us, has us under the same kind of a morality restraint. One for wow. one, and that's it. Okay, yeah. next thing Allred says is this. After much tribulation cometh the blessing, and they are, blessing, and they are blessings predicated upon obedience to the law. When we endure long enough to please God, we receive the blessing. Now, he said blessings are predicated upon obedience to law. Ooh, they love the word law. <laughs> we talked about in one of the, the scripts, yeah. you know, laws and ordinances and commandments. They, they love those words. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the law of polygamy. <laughs> mm -hmm. Which isn't. Now, yeah. so we asked, should we believe what he said or should we believe God's testimony from the biblical book of Galatians? We quote from Galatians chapter 2, verse 16. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Jesus Christ in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. Three times, <laughs> three times in one verse, the works of religious law are rejected. And totally uh, rejected. Those three who times. live under the law live under a curse. That's right. <laughs> And that's very significant. Read the next scripture. Yes. Yeah, so uh, Galatians 2.21. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. Yeah. Wow. If we could get saved by living the law, why did Jesus come and die for us? Yeah. I mean, uh, he, he, is he's... Uh, that's so powerful. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> that, <laughs> he did it all for us. blew me away when I read that. Like, what, I, I heard that. I just... I know. It's, it's very just, freeing, isn't it? Yeah. It's magnificent. So righteousness doesn't come from keeping religious laws uh, or ordinances or priesthood authority or obedience to polygamy being passed around like a grain of bag of grain. Galatians <laughs> 3, 10 through 11. So for all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law, and do them. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. The righteous won't live by law, but by faith. faith all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. Right. So uh, if, if obedience to the law could be accomplished, there wouldn't be any grace. And Jesus died for no, for no reason. But why would anyone want to nullify the sacrifice of Jesus just to exalt their own religious requirements? But they do. It won't work. Um, it's God's purpose that will stand and no one else's. <laughs> In fact, verse 10 explains that those who rely on obedience to religious law are actually under a curse. 
They're not earning blessings, like Rulin Allred said. And in, in reality, when you look at it closely, Rulin Allred was a false prophet saying God said when God didn't say, and he's encouraging his followers to place themselves under God's curse. And it is a curse. By telling to them to way. keep the law. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's not good. That's false prophet. Mm -hmm. Okay. We also, he also preached this. So the apostolic priesthood exists over families and over the church and over all the world. The apostleship is the keys of Christ. As Christ has the keys of the Father, Christ represents the Father. And Christ put representatives here on the earth to represent Him. This is the apostleship. And, of course, the all-red group calls themselves the apostles of the and, United Brethren. And when your leader tells you that, you believe him. You believe the leader, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, but, again, he's misrepresenting God's purposes, and the work of Jesus Christ is almost nullified uh, mm -hmm. what Jesus did for humanity. First Timothy 2.5 tells us there's only one God and one mediator between God and man, and that's the man, Jesus Christ. Only Jesus. There's no human mediators. There's no polygamy mediators or all red mediators or priesthood mediators between right. an individual and God except Jesus alone. No Mormon or polygamous man can have God's authority or permission to mediate for him with us. Why would a sinner represent sinners before God. Jesus is sinless, and so he can represent sinners before God. Now, the New Testament is a full description of the new covenant of which Jesus alone is mediator. He doesn't call polygamous priesthood men to do his job for him. Now, here's a great verse from <laughs> Hebrews. I like this too. So consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Now, the question is, what polygamist high priest or Mormon priesthood holder, for that matter, can save to the uttermost? None of them. Jesus is the only one who can. <laughs> yeah. And that's what Hebrews says. But Jesus is the one who makes intercession to God for us. No human priesthood has that power or authority to save mm -hmm. to the uttermost at all. We have another one from Hebrews. Hebrews 4, 15 and 16 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet we without, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Now again, what Mormon priesthood authority ever has this off to offer to us, um, which one of them has never sinned? Uh, everyone has sinned except Jesus, of course, so he's the only one that can rightfully do this. So Hebrews tells us, and it also tells the polygamists, if you claim priesthood authority, but your priests are not sinless, you have a powerless priesthood. When verse 16 is also extremely important here, mm -hmm. Allred said the whole world is subject to their priesthood authority. But that's not true either. We're, we were invited in that verse you just read to approach the throne of grace uh, and receive mercy and to receive grace in our times of need. No, religious on, no religion on this planet, especially the polygamist religion, has ownership to the throne of grace. Right. And, and we can do it with confidence. With confidence. 
No, no one forgives but God alone. And his forgiveness comes only through the cross of Jesus Christ, not through the AUB priesthood or their authority or their polygamy. Or any other. Yeah, it's, it's apart, totally apart from all of that. In, in all Red's sermons, he exalts the polygamous men of his early Mormon church, and he names them. He names Martin Harrison, Wilford Woodruff, and Pratt's, and so on. And most of these men that he exalts practice polygamy. None of them stood behind the Bible in his teachings, but they all twisted the Bible, or they denied you could trust it. So we ask, why are they following and exalting men when we should be following and exalting Jesus alone, who can save sinners, who Jesus who saves to the uttermost. Allred said this, we quote. Okay, if they're righteous people, they'll likely be Mormons. That doesn't necessarily for, follow that that's so, because you could have righteous people who haven't received the message. The 64th section of the Doctrine and Covenants tells you that now is the day for the preparation of my people, and it is the day of tithing, to prepare them against the time of burning. And they that keep my commandments shall not be burned or be as stubble. I remember. I remember they would always talk about this. Yeah. Pay your tithing so you're not going to be burned up. Fire insurance, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and they <coughs> Mormonism. I like that. <clears throat> no, I don't like, but I want to talk about that first statement he made. Uh, Mormonism has, has always taken it upon themselves by their claims that they're, they own the corner of righteousness, that they're the best people on the planet, that they alone are God's people, um, that they're the new Israel. In fact, Mormon blessings for years and years claimed that individual Mormons from the Israelite clan of um, uh, Ephraim. <laughs> of course, none of that's true. Uh, here, Allred is pointing to the fact that Mormonism produces more righteous people for God. <laughs> Notice yeah. also that tithing is referred to as fire insurance. Pay your tithe, keep the commandments, and you shall not be burned. Can eternal life actually be purchased with money, with tithing mm -hmm. money? The Catholics say that too, right? M most religions, mm -hmm. actually, yeah. Christianity, the Bible never. In the New Testament, you won't find the word tithe there. Now, we already learned from Galatians that eternal life cannot be purchased by good works. It seems Mormonism got it wrong on every page and in every doctrine. <laughs> no, no good works purpose. You can't purchase with polygamy. You can't purchase with tithing money. Uh, but their focus is getting rich on tithing money. Mm -hmm. And they have. Yes. Now, multiple billions of, of uh, dollars are invested for profit by the LDS Church and the polygamy groups are very lucrative as well. While most of their tithe payers live in poverty, live in, in, in restricted means. Uh, now, we lose few opportunities to point out how Mormonism doesn't trust the Bible, but uses it and quotes from it uh, when it's convenient for their doctrine. And here's a good example. Cain offered sacrifice to God, and because God knew his heart, because he knew that Cain did it because he was prodded to by Lucifer and because he did not offer the best of his fruits and it as did Abel he or excuse me but an inferior product it displeased God now he's referring to the Bible the event of Cain and Abel but he has it all wrong now I want to quote from Genesis 4 2 through 5 where it talks about Cain and Abel and you can see the difference in what all read said with what the Bible says now Abel was a keeper of sheep and Cain a worker of the ground 
In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. Now we hope you can see the difference in what all read told the story and what the Bible tells us. Abel did not bring the best of his fruits. He brought a sacrifice from the flock. Cain brought the fruit of his labor. Abel came to God through sacrifice of an innocent lamb. We can easily detect God's gospel in this story, but Allred didn't see it. He did, however, twist it. Mm -hmm. Now, we've got more to talk about. We're done for this time. We're going to be presenting part two of this particular portion, presenting more of Allred's bad doctrine from the compilations of his sermons in that book in part two. So watch next time. And Karen will be with us again as we share more heresies from Rulin Allred's sermons. Thank you for watching. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.